I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. From 104.7 WHUPLP Hillsboro, this is She and Her. I'm Anita Rao. And I'm Sandra Davidson. Welcome back to She and Her, a talk and music show for millennial women. This is our third episode and we're thrilled to have you with us. Today's episode was inspired by a voice memo that we got from our friend Caroline. She's getting married in the spring and is trying to decide whether she'll take her future husband's last name or keep her own. She wanted to know how other women had made their marital naming decision and why they chose the name that they chose. So that got us thinking, what's in a name? I've had many a conversation with girlfriends about the last name question and probably even more about what they might name their future kids. Family, story, and memory are wrapped up in our names, and many women in our communities now have a choice about what they want to do. This has not always been the case. Historically, women have taken their husbands' last names for a number of reasons. It all started with the premise that women were unequal to men. Women couldn't vote, own property, or move freely about the world without societal repercussions. When they married, the couple became one person, and the woman became the property of the man. Lucy Stone, an anti-slavery advocate and suffragette, is one of the first women on record in the U.S. to keep her maiden, or surname, after she married her husband in 1855. But it took the momentum of the feminist movement more than a century later to influence more women in the U.S. to keep their surnames after they married. So today we're going to dig deep into the marital naming phenomenon. At the top of the episode, we'll talk with Rob Bensinger. He's an avid blogger who's developed a novel approach to marital naming. The premise of this new system is that when you start a family, you make up a new name. Rob calls this a union name. Both partners put this name before their surnames, but leave their individual names unchanged. Then, when you have children, you make the union name their name. It sounds complicated, but it's actually quite easy. Here's an example. If Sandra and I got married we'd create a union name like Fairburn. So I'd be Anita Fairburn Rao, and she'd be Sandra Fairburn Davidson. Then if we had a kid named Joe, our kid's name would be Joe Fairburn. So we thought this idea created some interesting new possibilities, and we called Rob to learn more about it. I just one day was trying to figure out a way to avoid the problems that come with having to change your surname uh, later in life when it might impede your career or it might impede your ability to navigate bureaucracies, ability of people to find you on Facebook, etc. And the obvious like suggestion if you didn't want to change a first or last name 
doing to change something was to change your middle name. And this ended up being an unusually flexible system and that it was able to adapt to non-traditional heteronormative families, to serial marriage, to polyamorous relationships or relationships where you just have unconventional family styles. And how has this been received? I came across your blog just sort of randomly shared by an acquaintance on a Facebook page. I'm not sure how they came across it. What kind of feedback did you get when you first published this article? What do you know about sort of the life that this idea has had? People seemed really enthusiastic. It seemed like uh, everyone kind of recognized that this was a problem. They may not all have agreed that my solution was the best, but uh, there does seem to be a real need and desire for something better than just woman switches name, man keeps name, the end, end of story. And a lot of people are experimenting with different ideas. I think this is one idea that people were really taken by. Uh, It might be my most popular blog post so far. Do you think that this is an idea that has a particular appeal to the millennial generation? Yeah, I think that it does have some appeal to millennials, at least like a lot of my friends are millennials, and they've seemed to like it. I think they like the fact that it doesn't rigidly adhere to the old conventions for naming, but it's still maintains a lot of the uh, symbolic value and the potential for artistic expression that uh, old naming conventions had. So like, in principle, you could just ditch the entire idea of trying to have a common family name. Uh, But I think a lot of people still value that and they still want to preserve some part of that. And if they do want to do that in a way that's relatively flexible and egalitarian, then union names provide a way to kind of be even more expressive. That's blogger Rob Benzinger talking about a new naming system he calls Union Names. You can read more about it in his blog post shared on our website, sheandherradio.com. We now turn to two sociologists who've spent the past 25 years studying marital naming trends in the U.S., Laurie Shibley and David Johnson work at Penn State, and they also happen to be married to each other. They've looked at how often women choose to keep their own surnames and how Americans feel about it when they do. They told us that they're surprised by how little has changed over the last two decades of their research. Like I wouldn't have thought after 25 years of doing this research that we'd still be talking about single digits of women who keep their birth surname when they marry. Tell us about that very first study, uh, what it was, what the scope was, and what you discovered that was most striking for you all. We um, did a study. Actually, I was at a small college at this time, and we gathered some data there asking people about what they thought, these kids, students, what they thought about women keeping their last name and what their own, the women's own future plans were. Now, obviously, we didn't get one man who said that he planned to change his last name to that of his wife. That's 1991. And, of course, most of the women said that they indeed planned to change their last name to that of their husbands when they marry. You know, and then we had a bunch of commitment questions. And guys obviously think women aren't as committed to the relationship if they keep their birth surname when they marry. So it was that kind of a study. And then because we could, David at that time was working on a panel study. We had a a study that uh, interviewed over 2,000 married people in the United States. We were also interviewing those people's um, 
adult children, the children who were living with them in 1980, but now who were adults. Right, and every we found, and every study since then has found the exact same predictors of women who keep their birth surname when they marry. What are some of those predictors that you, that have stayed the same over time? Uh, well, women who have career that their name is is important, and they've already started that career. Obviously, well-educated women are more likely to keep their birth surname. Women who get married at a later age because, you know, they've had more time to identify and establish a career. Women who tend to be more gender role, non-conventional. And women who tend to be married to liberal men. You are married. Maybe you can tell us a bit about why you all made the decision that you made about your naming choice and um, sort of how that impacted or did that impact your research. Neither of us remember ever talking about marital naming with one another. I mean, we were sociologists. We just, I think we just assumed that everybody would just keep their name. So we never had a conversation about it. I'd like to know if you could speak a little bit about regional differences that you've noticed in the course of your work. Maybe you could help us with this because one of our findings is that Southern women are more likely than women in other parts of the U.S. to keep their birther name as a middle name when they get married. So they drop their middle name, they take their quote-unquote maiden name, and then they use their husband's last name. Any idea why that is? I, I don't know. Other, I mean, culturally, family and family name is it's a signifier here. So maybe that has something to do with that. You always want um, to be able to communicate that you are of the Johnson family, which in, you know, my case means nothing because there are millions of Johnsons. But <laughs> I, I always, I guess, assume that's how it was done everywhere. No, it's not. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's done in other places, but not nearly as common as in the South. In terms of um, marital naming overall, that is, women keep their surnames, there really isn't a whole big effect in that women in the East are slightly more likely to keep their birth surnames, but it's not a big difference. The deal is that it's just not, it's just very uncommon. Even the most recent studies are finding that maybe 8% of women are keeping their birth surname when they get married. You know, it's just, it's still a big norm violation in U.S. culture. What are some of the consequences for women who do or do not change their names? Well, I think the consequences for women who don't is first the whole issue of social pressure, right? The, the, it's a norm, right? People expect you to do it. People think that you're not as committed if you're a woman. You know, and so I try to, re, you know, reverse all these statements to my male students and say, well, you're not as committed then because you don't change your name. But it's like we're incapable as a society of thinking of it that way. We've been somewhat surprised how resistant that naming practice has been to uh, to change. You know, one thing that we like to talk about is this is perhaps uh, one indicator of of uh, the persistence of uh, strong gendered attitudes in in American society. These norms are still operating strongly, and I think will continue to operate strongly. Yeah, I always like to call it the last socially approved sexism. One thing that I've noticed, and this is certainly anecdotal, but families that I know where the wife chooses to keep her own surname, regardless of the scenario, the children will get their father's last name. Yep. Yeah, I have to tell you, I know this seems like not feminist, but I don't really have a problem with that. And 
I'll tell you why, because we have such high rates of marital disruption. And how else do you attach men to children? You do it through naming. What do you think, David? Well, there hasn't been a lot of research on that, but but that's uh, you know, what people think, I think, is, well, if I give him my last name, he'll at least be more interested in the kid. Um, down the road. There's all this complication people always talk about, about having two names. But if you think about how many families we have now in the United States where, you know, they're blended families where people who are divorced and they have children from previous relationships, and so they have a name. And we have so much naming diversity, but somehow we still define it as like, oh, you put the sign in front of your house, right? The Johnsons. You know, so we have that kind of I think, very conflicting views of what goes on with naming. What kind of advice would you give to young women who are trying to make this decision, who are trying to weigh all of the factors? What would you encourage them to think about? Do what makes you happy. I do think it's important to think about the long term, how you're going to feel about yourself and your identity. Are you going to feel an absence of self because you wake up next morning and you're missus somebody? I think it's important to think about uh, how that's going to feel. And I also think it's important to for women to think about, is there a great deal of social pressure in their world from their families, their future spouses' families, and can they deal with that? Then, obviously, if they're vested in their occupation, is it going to be a big deal if they change their name? And I, and I say to my male students, too, you know, like, come on, men, take the high road. Say to these women that you purportedly love, you do what makes you happy. I love that, that it really boils down to, to the most simple thing in any partnership, <laughs> making sure the other person feels happy. Yeah, and... are you ha- can be happy. That was Laurie Shibley and David Johnson, who work at Penn State, and they gave us a lot to think about. Despite what I would have guessed, the tradition persists. And of course, people in the South are doing their own thing. Typical. It sure is. And it was pretty interesting. So after our call with Laurie and David, we wanted to check back in with Caroline to hear a little bit more about where she is in her process. Caroline grew up in North Carolina and recently got a master's degree in social work at UNC Chapel Hill. She's now living in Pittsburgh with her fiancé, Lex, and they're getting married in May. You and your call to us served as the inspiration for this whole episode where we're exploring marital naming and why women make the choices that they make. And I'm wondering if you could take us back to that call and tell us a bit more about sort of what you're thinking about right now and and, and why you were inspired to call us in the first place. It was the first thing I thought of. um, You know, the question was kind of what's something that you think about a lot. And I really have been um, kind of going back and forth on this for a while now, whether I want to change my name. There's kind of two sides or two, you know, opposing viewpoints that I have about it, which one would be, you know, the more kind of feminist viewpoint that changing your name when you get married is just historically patriarchal and I don't theoretically want to do it. But then on the other hand, kind of liking the idea of having a... um, making a change on purpose, like a deliberate change to symbolize this new step that I'm that I'm taking by getting married to this person that I love and want to be with. There's no way for me to know how I'm going to feel about this in 10, 20 years. So I think that that perspective would be really helpful. And in an email that you sent us, 
it sounds to me like you and Lex have had the conversation and he is really supportive of whatever you decide. So the ball is kind of in your court. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's totally up to me. And so that's great, but I also feel like because of that, I'm just going back and forth with myself all the time. <laughs> I think he, you know, doesn't, he's not interested in changing his name, and that's what he's shared with me, and that's fine. I respect that because if I said that, I would want him to respect that too. So it's really up to me now what I want to do. So this means that you all wouldn't entertain the possibility of hyphenating and things like that. Is that right? Because he wants to keep his last name the same? Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, it's something I could do, but it's not, because he's not interested, it's not something that we would do together. And, what I mean, you mentioned that a name is a very symbolic thing. What does this decision symbolize to you? For me, it's, you know, my name is, it represents my family, because it's my family name and my connection with them. And, you know, I love my family a lot. Um, and very proud of being from the family I'm from. And so it's weird to think about letting go of that. That feels strange, Uh, kind of like making that conscious choice to let go of something that ties me to something that I'm really, that I love and and feel very proud of. But on the other hand, I think it would symbolize a deliberate choice to make a change to kind of mark a new new step um, if I were to do it. And to, I mean, if we were to have children, to have that connection with them, too. I know that you are a twin and that Mm -hmm. you and your twin, Haley, have a very close relationship. And I wonder whether that Mm -hmm. plays into this at all, that this is sort of the first time that you are, you're leaving, you're making a big transition away from your family and possibly away from your sister. Has she come into play in this decision at all for you? I don't know that we've had a, like, deep conversation about it. I think that she's been supportive of me um, in choosing what I do want to. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, it just goes together with all the the whole thing about feeling separated from your family and not wanting to make a change that, that like deliberately drives you away from someone that you're so close with and who you so value, whether it's my sister or my parents or, you know, whoever. So do you feel any kind of social pressure uh, from family members or from any other social institution? I really haven't felt much pressure. Like, I feel like most, almost everyone that I mention this to tells me that it's my choice and, you know, that I should, I should decide and do what feels right to me. One thing people mention a lot, like really the only comment I get when I have brought this up is, um, well, what about, you know, what if you have kids and they don't have the same last name as you? Is that going to be strange? Or so I think that's one thing, and I think I don't, and it's not pressure because it's not no one's actually mentioned it to me. But I think just knowing that, like I am a feminist, and all of my friends are, most of my friends are, and we, you know, if people understand the history, then if you're if you're deciding to to do something, then it kind of feels like you're buying into that history. How are you going to decide? <laughs> like, do you have a deadline I or? I don't know how I'm going to decide. <laughs> That's why I am. I definitely want to ask for more advice um, from other people who have made the choice to change their name versus not and kind of see how they feel about it. Now, on the one hand, I'm like wondering if maybe everyone's just kind of kind of say, oh, you know, it hasn't I haven't had a second thought about it or, you know, I just it's such a symbolic thing, your name. You know, so I wonder how much it really matters. What I will do is probably try to talk to more people about this. And there's the people that have been married for a while. 
made a certain choice in um, in how they feel about it. You know, we've asked our other the other women participating in this conversation about the kind of advice that they would give mm-hmm. to you, which. Stay oh, okay. tuned. You'll get to hear it. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, what advice would you give or do you feel like at a place where you could give advice to other women who are thinking about this decision? I guess my advice would be to try to find people on both sides of the fence that have made the decision and are willing to talk to you about why they did it. Um, I think that's really my only piece of advice. And I guess start thinking about it early because I didn't – I don't know – I think this has been more of a difficult decision than I anticipated. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's Caroline Phillips talking with us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So Caroline wanted to hear from women who've already made their naming choice, and we reached out to women from around the country who've made different decisions. One kept her original surname. The other two adopted their husband's last names. Their choices are deeply personal and deeply symbolic. You'll hear first from Megan Modafferi. She's a writer and newlywed who lives in D.C. She called in a few weeks ago to share her thoughts about getting married young and how that decision might affect how people perceive her. She joined us to share how her feminism informed her choice to keep her last name. Well, Megan, I know you called into our show and you submitted a story idea for us. You talked a little bit about your sensitivity to the fact that you're 25 and married, which is young for some of your friends, and you're, you're sometimes conscious of how that may be perceived. So I'd love to hear um, a little bit about your choice to get married and if you could share how you and Nathan got to that point. So Nathan and I, partially because of our feminism and because of like growing up in in relatively progressive households, both of us imagined ourselves getting married a little later and having a lot of independent time to explore our careers and to really define ourselves on our own. So I think that for both of us, but especially for me, I needed to like dip my toe in very, very slowly. So I would say over the course of two years, starting with drunken conversations where we, all we could say was that like someday maybe I can sort of imagine it to like, yes, I want to marry you. I want you in my future to like, I think I want to marry you like this year. (laughs) And that was like a very, very gradual conversation because it, it just, it felt like a shifting of my identity to be able to be comfortable saying that, no, I want to get married right now. And that doesn't mean that I can't 
um, still explore my career and I can't still be everything that I wanted to be. Um, but I, I still had to change what those things looked like because in my brain, you know, they looked maybe like sex in the city, but now they look different. And, and so it took some time for me to change that vision of my future. Can you tell us a little bit about your decision not to change your last name to his? You know, my last name is Modafferi, which is awesome. Um, and the biggest reason, honestly, is that I like my last name and I'm really attached to it. It just felt weird to think about changing it. I honestly didn't think about it very much. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right that the woman automatically has to change the name to match the man. At the same time, I, my choice, like I didn't do it as a political move. So I don't mind if anyone calls me Mrs. Lovin. Um, I probably won't correct them. When you said before that you didn't feel like not taking his last name was a political choice, what did you mean by that? Because I know you do self-identify as a feminist. So did did you think at all about that in making this decision or, or it really wasn't a part of it for you? So I, I certainly did. And certainly I can't separate it. I mean, wanting to keep my last name is at the very least implicitly connected to my feminism. But I think just what, what felt much more prominent to me was the like love for my family and the not wanting to lose that in my name. Um, and I have like a, an interesting family story, which is that one of my um, sisters has been missing for many years. And um, wanting to keep my name connected with hers was important to me as well, felt more important than any societal pressure I might have felt. And as much as you are comfortable, I would love for you to expand a bit on what you said about your sister and how that played into your choice about your name. Sure. Um, so my sister, um, my sister disappeared um, almost 18 years ago. Um, she's been missing. And um, my family and I like to assume that she's alive because uh, if you don't know that she's not alive, why wouldn't you keep that hope? So Kristen is out there having the Modafferi name, and it's in a small way helps me to maintain my connection to her and my hope of one day being reunited with her if I can keep that Modafferi name too. Thanks, Megan. I don't know if mm -hmm. it's if it's is it hard for you to talk about that part of it, or did you talk about that part of it with Nathan? Um, no, it's not hard for me to talk about it. I mean, it's. Um, it's been a part of my life since I was seven years old. So it's my, my other sisters were older when she disappeared. And so they, they have more of an identity, I think, before Kristen disappeared. But I like my whole self is wrapped up in losing Kristen and, and how that affected my family and how that what, what that was like growing up. And um, so it, it's important for me to talk about it, especially with people like Nathan and the people who I'm closest with. And Nathan and I did talk about that aspect, and he um, he he really understood that made made me feel more connected to her wherever she was, and maybe might make it easier for her to find me if she were to ever look for us, um, that kind of thing. Have y'all talked about what you would do if if you had kids? Um, we have a little bit, honestly. Um, our conversations about kids are very abstract and very far down the line, um, so we haven't talked about it in depth. It's a complicated question. Um, because, again, I mean, if we just default to naming the kids Levin, Nathan's last name, then it's still the same problem of, like, why is that the default? That It's gross that that's the default cause, just because it's the man's last name. And, it's, I mean, it's not fair for them all to have my name either. I don't think Nathan would like that. So we've talked about inventing a last name. We have a friend whose parents invented a last name that combined the two of theirs. And we've also talked about just, just letting them have his last name just 
just to sort of blend into society. But I don't think we've reached a verdict on that. What advice would you give to other women who are making a decision about naming and what name to choose? I, hmm, it's a hard question because I had it a little bit easy in that, like Nathan's parents identify as feminists to a certain extent, and so does Nathan. And so nobody pushed back on me and, and, and also nobody was hurt by the decision. Um, I know sometimes it, it can hurt people's feelings if you don't want to take their names. And um, I don't know what it would have been like to face that. But I mean, I guess my advice would be to try to make it your own with your partner. So try to get away from making the decision because that's the the way everything's always been done and get to a point where even if you're making that exact same decision, you're making it based on a a thoughtful conversation that's personal to you and your partner and where you've come to that conclusion because of personal factors relevant to you guys. That's Megan Montefiore talking with us from D.C. about her choice to keep her last name. Her story brings up so much about the complexity of the choice. Her name's her byline, her connection to her family, and a symbol of hope that her missing sister might latch on to. Our next guest made a different decision about what to do with her name. Here's a preview. It wasn't necessarily a difficult choice for me. Uh, It wasn't anything that I had really ever put much thought into prior to getting married. Uh, And then the conversation did come up with my husband before we had gotten married. And um, he was supportive either way, whatever I wanted to do. Uh, He would have preferred if I I took his last name. And I did always think, you know, growing up that I did want to have the same last name as my husband, just because, you know, I I had divorced parents and they both ended up getting remarried and lots of different names all over the place. So uh, for that reason, I sort of wanted to. Um, Also, my husband is in the military, um, so it's just certainly easiest for me in terms of moving and everything that needs to be done with the military to have that same last name. That's Nikki McCarthy. She lives in Honolulu with her husband, who she's been married to for two years. Nikki is Puerto Rican, and her maiden name was Davila. Although she decided to take her husband's last name, she put some thought into how that may mask her ethnic identity. So one of the things that I uh, have been thinking a lot about as we've had this conversation is that for me, my surname, Rao, uh, sort of represents my racial and ethnic identity. And because I don't look 100% Indian and people don't exactly know what my ethnic background is, I really like having Rao as sort of a symbol of where I come from and what my heritage is and what my history is. And I think that for me Mm -hmm. is a reason that I would definitely consider uh, if I were to consider changing my name. Was that at all a consideration for you, uh, knowing that you said your former name was Davila and and because of your father's uh, history? It absolutely was. Uh, So I I do feel very strongly – Um, about my Puerto Rican heritage, and it wasn't something that I ever wanted to let go of completely. So I actually um, changed my middle name to my maiden name. So now my full name is uh, Nicole Davila McCarthy. So I dropped my original middle name, which was sort of arbitrary, and there wasn't any tie to that. Um, So I I changed it so that my maiden name is now my middle name. 
And what do you plan to do with uh, your kids? Uh, we don't have any kids yet, but we do plan to have them as our current surname, uh, McCarthy. Um, there has been tradition in my family of uh, first names being passed down um, as middle names um, on the Puerto Rican side, so that's something that we'll probably consider, um, but we haven't talked too much about it, but our kids will take the one single McCarthy last name. I guess, do you have any regrets or have you had any regrets at any point since you made that initial decision? No, I haven't had any regrets. Um, it has been strange at some times because now I have an Irish last name and well, at least I don't feel that I look Irish. Uh, so that's it's funny getting those questions sometimes. And then when I say that I'm I'm Puerto Rican, there's definitely a lot more surprise now because of my new last name. Uh, but it's a, it's a conversation starter, so I wouldn't say that I have any regrets about it. That's Nikki McCarthy talking to us from Honolulu, Hawaii, about her choice to take her husband's last name. Our final guest today is Ann Price. She's a longtime friend who I grew up with in rural North Carolina. Ann married her high school sweetheart two years ago, and in the weeks leading up to the wedding, I distinctly remember her saying, I cannot wait to take Marshall's last name. In a testament to the devotion of our friends and our fans, Ann talked to us earlier this week while sitting in a hospital room with her dad. I thought about it a lot. Um, I'm all about my maiden name. I was a temple growing up, and my community knew me who as a temple and, you know, go into any store or see most people around town, they know who my dad is or my mom. And I love being identified by um, someone that everyone knew. And it was, I'm really comfortable with that. But when I started dating Marshall and I knew I wanted to marry him, it was just a really uh, humbling and empowering thing to take his name. I wanted to have be a team. I wanted him to be my partner, and I wanted us to share a name. I don't know why that matters. I guess every team needs a name, and so I liked the idea of sharing that with him. When I was making that choice, I thought I wanted to keep mine for a while. We bounced back and forth, and Marshall the whole time just said, Ann, I don't care what your name is. I fell in love with you as you are, so you can have whatever name you want, and we'll be just as married. So that was when I knew I wanted to take that name. In fact, his sister named her first daughter, the first grandchild of the family, um, Temple. So she named her kid after me. So that was uh, a pretty honorable thing to do, and it made me feel good. And, like, they recognized who I was, and they appreciated my name in their family. So they very much included me as one of their own since day one. And I think that's a very telling example of how they've done so. Also, as soon as I got married, I transitioned to a graduate program, and um, they knew me as Ann Price, and they never knew me as Ann Temple. And so it was good for me in that I started at a good time, and my professional name will be Ann Price. Did you get any pressure, or did you feel any kind of pressure from his family or your family? Did anyone have an opinion, or did they leave it very much up to y'all to decide? Uh, yeah, they left it completely up to me. No one ever said anything to me about one way or another. My dad, of course, loves my name, um, but he's really proud of who I married and is thankful that I got in the family that I did get into. I don't think that you should think that by taking someone else's last name you're automatically going to lose your identity because you're not. I feel equal parts simple and equal parts price. 
Price talking to us from a hospital room in Chapel Hill. She joined us to share her choice to change her last name. I love what she says at the end there. Equal parts temple and equal parts price. As always, we closed out the live portion of our show with a playlist curated by us and our guests. You can find it by following us on Spotify at she plus her. This week, we asked Caroline, Megan, Nikki, and Anne to share songs that remind them of their partners. You'll hear classics like Stand By Me and also some more quirky songs like Atlantic City by the band. Thanks again for listening. We love you all and want to hear more from you. Email us at sheandherradio at gmail.com or contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at sheandherradio. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or listen to us on SoundCloud. And as always, tune in to Hear Us Live every Thursday at 6 p.m. on WHUP yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com